This is the Ali Le Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Welcome to another edition of Ali Le Rouge podcast. I'm your host, Peter Hooten, and I'm delighted to be joined by the Accrington Stanley manager, John Coleman, also known as Godlike Genius by the Aki <laughs> fans, author and journalist Simon Hughes, and regular first teamer and cop season ticket holder John Nicholson. Well, what can you say? Eight points clear after eight games. That puts us in dreamland, surely. We continue to break all sorts of records 17 straight wins and eight consecutive wins at the beginning of the season. Some team, isn't it? Are we now. Are we believers or are we disciples? <laughs> I saw their fa- face. No, I mean, as I was walking through the, the car park in Madrid, I, think I got interviewed by ITV and I said, um, I said, this could be the start of something bigger. I think that this could be, this could signal Liverpool and Man City becoming like Celtic and Rangers or Barcelona and Real Madrid where they're cut above the rest. And I yeah, think that's yeah. coming to fruition now, to be honest. Like, I think... Already people have accepted it to all say, you know, people who thought Tottenham and Chelsea and Man United, you know, might have an Arsenal might have outside squeaks have quickly retreated and I think yeah. that is going to be the case. It's just whether we can hold our nerve and I still think we need to improve. Um, I think we've dodged a couple of bullets, but that's good that you know, you've got that improvement. Anyway. Seventeen consecutive wins we need to improve. Well, yeah. No, well, do you, <laughs> you not think we, do you not think we need to improve? Well, yeah, of course yeah, I know I know what you're saying, but are you saying we rolled our luck a little bit later? I think we have, but you know, I went, I watched Liverpool in the seventies when they used to beat teams in the last minute. I think, I think one of the stats we've got is, I think we've scored eight more than anybody else last minute winners in the Premier League alone. No, we haven't won the Premier League, um, but that shows how how determined we are to win games. And certainly under this manager and this this set of players, he is definitely a never say die. And you never ever could say that Liverpool's games up. Yeah, you know whatever the minute is, you know we we seen that with Newcastle <laughs> last year. And, you know, I, th- I just I just like us to keep the ball a bit better because I know we can. And you know, I I wasn't. I sound very hypocritical here because you know last year and the year before I was bemoaning why we were keeping the ball for thirty passes, and then going forwards when we could yeah. go forwards in five, and not worry about losing it because we're going to get it back. Well, we seem to have adopted that policy, but are determined to lose it. And, you know, when we go to the games like we did in, in the European game where we didn't get it back, they, could score, they scored three, but our ball attention was woeful. So that's got to improve, but we're nitpicking, aren't we? Or I'm nitpicking. Yeah. Simon, well, are, you a, are you a disciple? I, I'm, I'm very calm with Liverpool at the moment. I mean, on Saturday, obviously Leicester scores quite a late goal. And I know some people did start filtering out of the stadium, but I never felt that sort of sense of apprehension inside the ground. You know, I still felt there was still belief there, you know, when Liverpool had, all right, they hadn't been brilliant, but they had played well and probably had done well enough to win. And, I, you know, I think a big part of Liverpool's success in the next sort of, well, in the next six months is, is you know, the crowd needs to be on board with what's going on and, and, and to be, you know, calm in these situations. And I, I felt inside the ground on on Saturday. I still, I still sort of felt Liverpool would win. And I, I, I felt the same... Yeah. The, the other game against Salzburg, the game before, I thought, well, they've scored, it's 3 all. It's obviously bad way, you know, you never want to surrender a three-goal lead, but I just thought they're still going to win the game. Yeah. I felt that on Saturday as well, even, you know, in the dying minutes, I thought they're going to get, they're going to do something here. And I think that a lot of people 
felt similarly. There was mm-hmm. still quite an optimistic mood inside the ground. I think that sort of says a lot for you know the the, the environment that the managers created. I mean, you're always going to get people leave making an early dart. I think no matter whenever Liverpool play, yeah. are you? I, I think he's he's at first he was a bit you know he he wasn't happy with people leaving the ground. But I bet yeah. It's guarantees in the next home game of the same situation. Nobody's going to be getting off, are they? You know, because they, they know that they can go to the last minute. And the, the one thing that I, I really liked, and I, I don't think like Mane's sort of had enough credit for it, is, you know, everybody's talking about was it a penalty or, or wasn't it? But he's still trying to force something in the last in the very yeah. last minute. He's still trying to make the defenders think about what he's doing. He's twisting and turning, making it difficult. And, you know, he's made the, def- the all brightness it was the midfielder. You know, make a hasty decision, yeah. which is which is forced a mistake. It's not like I don't think Mane saw the, the got enough credit really for still trying to agitate him I, and, and force issues. I, so I feel it's a situation like when Man United, you always used to think they're going to score in the last minute, yeah. or Chelsea even. I feel as if we're in that position now where other teams are going, oh, look, Jammy, Jammy, yeah. they've got a last minute goal. John, that's what we always used to do in the seventies and eighties, wasn't it? Last minute goals, you know. It, it was, yeah. We all, we always seem to um, get a result out, out of most situations. And and Simon's right. Um, there was a you know a few a few moments on Wednesday night, and um, there was even a few in the last ten minutes on Saturday. But generally, it did seem to be like a feeling that we could still win those games, you know. Um, both against Salzburg and, and against Leicester. Yeah, I never and thought we'd lose. I never thought, we- even when it was 3 all, I thought, we're going to win this. I just thought we would, you know what I mean? I just had that confidence in we've got a way of winning. No, no, do you not think now, no matter how we play, we still make seven or eight great chances, yeah, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we think, had- I think that's what's putting us apart from everybody else. We, yeah. we, we just create chances, you know, from not from nowhere, but we just... There's well, very, very, very little games where we're stale and we only have one yeah. shot on goal, is there? Well, we had 18 shots against Leicester and eight were on target. And um, Leicester had two and one of them went in, you know. Mm. And that's the difference. But Brendan Rodgers is still saying, oh, we deserve to draw. Possession-wise, they had a lot of possession, but they never really created much, you know. So I think, you know, those 18 shots, you know, we... We could have easily been two or three nil up, you know. Listen, listening to Klopp after the game, I mean, it hasn't really been written about too much afterwards. But he, he was talking about how happy he was. Listen, in the press conference. In the press Simon, conference, yeah, yeah. He, he mentioned how happy he was by how Liverpool restricted Jamie Vardy to pretty much doing nothing in the whole game, and he said he worked very hard on that during the week. Particularly Lovren, I thought had a really good game. Yeah, you he know, did, considering yeah. he hasn't played um, that much, I thought. He was alert and he made all the right decisions. And I, clearly, Liverpool have been, you know, working on 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 that side of it. You know, and as as you said, it it sort of backed up by the stats. Liverpool didn't very very rarely look like they were under threat. And the one chance that he did have, I mean, it was, a, I thought it was quite a well worked goal by Leicester. To be yeah, honest, the movement of the players, and then obviously they had a little bit of luck with the deflection. But um, for me, at the moment, Liverpool just look like you know there's a lot of conviction in what they do, and I, I just think. That that'll serve them well, that because you, you sort of it's getting in the, the heads of other sort of you know this this whole devils club thing um, at the moment. You know where, where they're that's like, only on Twitter. It's, only, it's a Twitter thing. It's a Twitter. It's not really. There's another side that's God's club, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's it's, two, it's, it's two interesting. Ways of it's them. interesting the psychological aspect of it. You know, when teams are having a bad time. Um, and they're winning 1-0 and he concedes with 30 minutes. They go, oh, no. And it, 
the shoulders slumped, the heads go down. When you're used to winning, it's so what? So what? Yeah. We're going to get it. We're going to score. Yeah. And and Liverpool are in that so what at the moment. You know, it, it, they're like the hardest lads in the, in the school, aren't they? Yeah. They're like cock of the school, aren't they? And <laughs> what? And they're just brushing people away. So yeah. one way that continue. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like if, if you if you think back to one of Klopp's first games when, when Palace beat us at home, first season anyway, 2-1. And uh, it might have been the last game we lost actually at Anfield. Um, but they got the corner with 10 minutes to go. Mm. And I think the whole ground said, oh, here we go, they'll yeah. score now. Yeah, yeah. And he did. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. But you don't have that feeling anymore. Yeah, I think even on on, on Saturday, was it, there was still optimism there, wasn't there? Yeah. Even though we thought, well, at least, we, we, did we get another chance here in the last few minutes? That's what, what, yeah. what I thought. Yeah. It just yeah, happened to be a penalty. Yeah. You know? The thing is, you're not feeling the worst. Then. The self-fulfilling prophecies, isn't it? Oh, I told you we, I told you we can see then. The players feel like that. Oh, I knew it's them. And yeah. you know it, That's what I mean. That yeah. Palace goal. Yeah. I felt the whole ground that they thought, hey, we go, Palace are going to score. There, there was a lot of there was a lot of fatalism at Liverpool. Liverpool had, had yeah. turned into a club where, you know, the I think sort of a lot of the fan base thought the worst is gonna happen yeah. and then then it happens. Yeah. Whereas Klopp's turned that on his head. I think that's yeah, one yeah. of his biggest achievements so far, is that now it's just like as 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 both both John say, you know, it's like, well, yeah. You know, we'll win now. But it's not, it's not like we're going to lose. the shackles are off because we've won a trophy, don't we? I think well, it is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that, it is, yeah. That is a massive yeah. difference. Yeah, you know, to have that already in the bag. And, you know, you know. Do you think with, the, with their goal, do you think, um, I mean, Van Dijk steps up, doesn't he? And do you think he could have done better? Or is it just proven he's human? Because he's made a couple of little oh, mistakes recently, hasn't yeah. he? But he steps up and it gets played through and then Adrian... Could possibly have held that, you know, but he's done great, hasn't he, up to now? Yeah, oh, yeah. Adrian's, been, Adrian's been great. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And even when he came out to that block on Valley in, in the second half, would have been, wouldn't it? Mm. At the cup end. Yeah. Did he get a bit lucky no. in that one, though? A little uh, bit? Cause yeah, he, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Could have been a pen, couldn't yeah, yeah. But he's done well. Vardy, I, I think because he committed way. himself really early, he made his mind up. And I think that's what, what won him the, 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 well, the, the chase for it, you know. But, he was determined to get it. He set out early on. And you can say he had a little bit of luck, but I think he made his own luck by, by making his decision early and being decisive. Yeah. And, you know, listen, you, you know, Tony Warner, ex-Liverpool player, like, and he's our goalie coaching. He'll tell you about my thoughts about goalkeeping. Goalkeeping's <laughs> making mistakes and it's what bat you want, gaffer, boards or metal, what baseball bat you want, you know. I... I, I um, I'm not I'm not very forgiving on goalkeepers. Oh, you know, no, no. I don't think you would be, John, actually. But, <laughs> you, you actually, you, you actively dislike goalkeepers, don't you? No, they're necessarily <laughs> evil. <laughs> they're yeah. necessarily evil, yeah. they? but yeah, are they footballers? <laughs> <laughs> That's another debate, isn't it? He's That's pretty good with his feet, has he? No, to be, honest, yeah. to be honest, he's done better. I think he's done better than yeah. anyone's expected. Anyone expected, so, yeah, yeah. You know, with what we've got with a standing keeper, I think yeah, he's done better. He should well, be over yeah. the moon. He's an improvement yeah. on, on what they had. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I've got to be honest, I, I thought the sort of, the, you know, Klopp was very keen to, to praise Mignolet for being, mm. the, I'm sure he, he, he is a great professional, but the reality was he, he could have gone maybe two summers ago, yeah, couldn't yeah. he, Mignolet? And I think he's actually been an improvement. You know, he has been an improvement. Have you... You were to play him mm. over the course of six months. Two I think years. the way he's blending in with the squad, you know, all the all the squad have got yeah. high praise for him as well. I mean, you know, they yeah. said he from day one he wanted to speak to everyone, he wanted to be part of it. He's a you bit know. of a loon, I believe. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> well, they, they all are, aren't they? Goalkeepers, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one another instance. Obviously, we go on to the uh, we go on to the penalty in a minute, but 
What do you think of the tackle on Salah? I mean, uh, you know, obviously Klopp was fuming about that and it looked horrendous, you know, but uh, is it the type of tackle, John, that you get every every you, every you, week in your league? You're more likely to get in our league and lower leagues. Um, I think possibly the reason why Klopp was a bit upset is because he's got a bit of form for it, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's done it a couple of times. Yeah. He's well, certainly yeah. one notable one, hasn't he? Um, where he's injured someone and... He's a good player, that kid. I've, yeah, seen him is, play. Yeah. I've seen him come right through the ranks, you know. I've been watching him playing for, for Leicester um, under, under 19s. Do you think it was a genuine years. attempt to go for the ball, or do you think I, he's I just think it was. Of... I think it's impetuous of youth or pettinessness of youth. Is Red it? mist. <laughs> I think he, oh, he's come on, he's started well, to make an I, impact. I, I, I thought, like, I, I think he'd just gone past the centre half, hadn't he? Salah Kemmer, now was Evans yeah. or, or, or the Greek fella. He's on a run, and, and he, he'd he? been booked. So he wasn't going to take him out the, mm. the centre half, mm. but I think him, mm. uh, Chowdhury, Chowdhury, isn't it? Yeah, I think he was going to do that anyway. Even if he'd have been booked already, yeah. he was going to do that to Salah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You know, and I think that's what you mean about so that's a straight, that's intent. I mean, that's a straight yeah. red, then, isn't it? I, I, I try yeah, and I try and judge it, you know, in the real time. A lot of people who were defending him are judging it based on slow motion replays, yeah. and in real time. I thought it looked like a really, really bad tackle. Yeah. You know, I'm, like, not, it, I'm not trying was... to defend him one way. Yeah. One way. No, no. I'm, I'm, I, I think, I'm you know, when you look at it in whatever way you look at it, it's a sending off. Yeah. And he and he's got away with it, and really did it make a difference? No, it didn't really. No. So, but but in, in real time, from I know it's a long way behind the goal in the cup, but as soon as I I seen him go past the centre half and seeing him move, I thought he's taking him out yeah, in that yeah. split second. Mm. That's all he was going to do. So yeah. in that yeah. sense, maybe it is a red card. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what he was going to do. Klopp's mm. always very protective of his players. Yeah, you know, yeah. In situations yeah, and, and like that. Rightly so, you yeah, know. Yeah, and rightly so. He's, yeah. he's the manager, isn't he? So Sadio Mane, is, um, he scored his fifth Premier League goal for Liverpool. Brilliant stat. Uh, do you think he's... His you know, 50th. His 50th for Liverpool. Yeah. 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 In, in the league. In the league, yeah. So do you think he's actually more important at the moment than Salah because Salah seems to be a little bit off the pace I mean I'm not you know not criticising Salah there just not doesn't seem to be coming off for him does he I, I think Mane is, is really, really is the main man for us even last season when everyone just wanted to talk about Van Dijk and whatever I think Mane if there was one fella that wouldn't want to lose from our team I'd, I'd pick him first 100% I, yeah. um, you agree I with that sh- John yeah? I got shot down or something by uh, a notable um League one manager who's an Evertonian, you probably can guess who it name is. Name names. <laughs> no, I don't have to name names, you probably know him. Uh, very, very popular on Twitter. Yeah. I, got sh- I got shot down by him. I, I made a statement, I said he's the best player in the world. I think he is. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Ronaldo and, um, and Messi are over the edge for me. Mm. And then honestly, mm. they don't have the impact that he has. I think he's absolutely terrific. And yeah. from, you know, I don't watch a lot of Premiership football outside Liverpool, you know, because I'm not. I don't really. It doesn't really interest me to be honest. Like, um, so you probably the games you watch, you want City to lose and you want Everton to lose, and that's about it. <laughs> As apart from my interest in Premiership football, but yeah. when I, I went Premier to the League, John, it's the Premier, yeah, Premier League. League, yeah. But you know, it's all old money. In it. But in um, I went to the the Arsenal game when he made his debut. I think it was his debut in Arsenal away, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I, I wasn't aware of his work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think many people were. Really. And he absolutely took me breath away that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, I remember you saying And, yeah. you know, I thought, oh, what have we got here? Yeah. And then from there on in, he's had, he's had the little dips. And I think he suffered a, a lack of confidence when he got sent off against City. But mm. 
he, he excites me every time he, yeah. he, he plays. He's one of them players that you... You just don't know what he's going to do, you, do you? But you play too much of on his own. He's just, yeah. you know, he's fantastic. And yeah. I, I, I'll stand by it now and I can, I'd argue with anyone that he's the best player in the world. Yeah, Simon, you uh, you d- did a big um, piece on him in your book, LA, 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 and about his history and that. You know, do you think it was a case of he, he, doesn't, he still doesn't seem to realise how good he is? Is that what... You were, you were mentioning on the book, weren't you? In, yeah. In he, terms of, uh, he's got he's got an interesting story because he's not like, um, you know, I think he's not from an urban area. He's from rural Senegal. You know, like backwater. Yeah. You know, six hour drive away from Dakar. And when he when he first went to Dakar to this football academy, he, um, you know, he had sort of problems fitting in really because a lot of the younger lads were like sort of, you know, urban. You know, he was, he was a wally back. Yeah, he was a little bit, and he, he sort of, I think it was viewed as being a bit of a hillbilly to be honest yeah. you know what I mean and listening to people and he obviously managed to integrate there I mean he's had a lot of challenges throughout his life to go from there to France again he when he was in France he went into a situation there where Mets were getting relegated into what would be League One you know so he, he, he first season went into the team got relegated into the third level of, of French football did enough though to get you know his move to to a Red Bull Salzburg when there were other big French clubs who were after them but to be fair to him, he trusted his, he's had good guidance, I think, from what I've been told, you know, by people who said, look, if you go to one of the top clubs too early, you're not going to be able to make it because there's, there's so much competition for places. And he's he's backed himself to sort of take the longer route around and take route, you know, moves that maybe other people wouldn't have made. Because when he was at Salzburg, he could have gone to Bayern Munich, but he chose Southampton because he thought, you know, it'd yeah. be too soon for me. So yeah, I, yeah. I admire that about him, you know, he sort of, yeah. I know you could say, well, you back yourself to go to the biggest club and get in, but you know, I, I can, he's he's quite smart, I think. And you see him on the pitch, don't you? And he, what I love about him, he's just on the front foot all the time. He's aggressive. I think people in Liverpool relate to that, don't they? Straight yeah. away, you know, he, he's 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 fearless. Take you know, he's, on, he's yeah. not he's not he's not scared at all. Uh, he never seems inhibited by any any fear whatsoever. The bigger the opponents, remember in the new camp, absolutely destroyed. You know, Barcelona in the first half, you know, and obviously that they, they they just came back with a you know, some brilliance from Messi really that night. But he, he was so good, like he was all he was way above anything on the pitch, I thought mm-hmm. that night. Yeah. Him and him and Salah. But he for me now he's he's right at the top of his game. I just think it's like sort of I suppose, you know, the other players at the, up at the top, you've got a Brazilian player and obviously Salah's previous exploits means yeah. that they get more attention. But mm-hmm. for me, I, I agree with John. I think he's he, well, he's certainly in the in the top yeah top group of players now in the yeah. world because since Christmas last year um, you know he's been Liverpool's probably most consistent player yeah, yeah. yeah do you think he yeah you know um, do you think he should have stayed on his feet on, on, on Saturday or no, well, do you think, the, the rules are there yeah. aren't they if, if, if the rules are there that if you're if you feel a knock, you go down. There's no guarantee that the referee's going to see the foul. I mean, I've watched it a few times. I, I, I think well, it's a penalty. In real you know, time, I thought it was obviously a penalty. match of the day. Don't, but yeah. <laughs> there might be an agenda there. You, you never you, know. You look but at uh, you look at the reaction of Mark Albrighton. Yeah, and straight away he knows he's made a mistake. Mm. That says a lot for me, though. Yeah, that, I, I thought the same, and I, I've watched it back a few times. And when I looked at him, Albrighton, you, you know, when the referee gives it, he doesn't even protest, does he? He just knows that mm. he's. He stepped back, didn't he, when yeah. the whole celebrations he were going? He's almost feeling his yeah, face. But people yeah. are going also going down to me tonight. And I was at an LMA manager's meeting about um, about three years ago and referees were getting discussed and simulation was getting discussed and that's when they were bringing in that retrospective yeah. uh, punishment for simulation. And one of the managers, and I can't remember who it was, it was one of the, one of the premiership managers, um, 
And he said, well, when the referees start giving penalties for contact when they don't go down, well, then you you wouldn't expect players to go down. Mm. But unfortunately, if you, if you get whacked, like he did get whacked in the back yeah. of the knee, let's, yeah, let's did, be yeah. straight. Now, if he gets whacked and he stays up, does he give the penalty? Not a chance. No. If he stays on his feet, he doesn't give a penalty. So if you get whacked, the fact is, unless you go down, you're not getting a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were speaking before about, you know, the match of the day punters who possibly anti-Liverpool. Um, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> perhaps, maybe. Um, but them same people thought Calvin Loon was a penalty. When, yeah. You know, we went down in instalments. Uh, it was painful. <laughs> you know, so... You know, as John said and before. And the same with uh, Lamella. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The whole idea about VAR is to check these decisions, in it, and they gave it, so I don't see even why there's an argument about it. I mean, uh, it's you know, VAR looked at it and thought, they can only overrule if they think it's a, a clear they, court, they're uh, wrong excuses. decision. They're looking for excuses. Do you remember the VAR overruling a referee on a penalty? Recently, I can't remember them. Well, what this, what they're saying is when they, when they give them, it's got to be clear and obvious. Now, the two most clear and obvious penalties that weren't penalties this season so far that have gone to VAR was the Super Cup. Um, you know, Chelsea against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, when the lady referee gave the penalty. And then there was the um, the Champions League game against Napoli. When it's a... You wouldn't get a more blatant dive in your life. No. And both of them were given yeah, after yeah. going to VAR. So, yeah, yeah. It's strange, isn't it? You know, so I, I think... My, my my take on VAR is it's been absolutely superb for clearing up offsides. Yeah. Because there's no doubt about the offsides now. You either offsides, you know. Even when it's a toenail. Well, there's you know it's how far how far do you draw the line? You either offside, you know. So if it's yeah. a toenail, it's a toenail. You're offside. Yeah, yeah. You know. So. In your league, it's still it's still human error, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm very very much error. <laughs> very much <laughs> emphasis on the error. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. And According to you. In a way, on Saturday, the, the biggest bigger surprise for me, I know I'm always biased against referees. Like, Go away, was, John, no the, chance. The referee <laughs> actually gave it because I didn't think he'd given us an awful lot uh, of, of what appeared to be fouls during the 90 minutes. And whenever he did give give a foul, the Leicester players were right onto him, three yeah. or four of them all the time, you know, in his face, complaining about what he'd give. So, in a way, I was surprised that he actually did it, you yeah. know, in, in the... Dying minutes, if you like, he actually made the decision. Said, "No, I'm giving it. It's a pen." Because yeah. he could have, the way I, that I I seen his performance, that he, he would have shied away from it in a way because he wasn't mm. giving us a lot of other mm. outside the area stuff that maybe he should have been given. Mm. What about um, when Milner puts the ball on the spot? What are you, you thinking? Are you thinking he's definitely slotting this? He's he scored sixteen out of eighteen. You know, penalty. Well, my my mate has a phrase that. What would you do if your fridge is broke? You just put the milk inside James Milner, don't you? That's it. You know. I just think like when when it's when the penalty taker has to wait so long. Yeah. I always think they're going to miss now. Yeah, going to miss because it's yeah. he's had to wait so well, long. Well, thankfully I didn't have to watch it. I I just came in from our game. Yeah. And, and I've an Evertonian thrust the phone in my face, going, "You jammy so and so." You've done it again. And that Evertonian being Sean McCampbell, yeah. left winger. So your left winger, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean Milner was unbelievable. What what an absolute professional he is! Unbelievable, isn't he? He's fantastic, and you know, um, I 
when he retired from international duty, um, we played him in a bounce game when they were on international duty about four or five years ago. And being on the touchline, like standing like a yard away from him, yeah, just his input into a into a friendly game, yeah, and how he approached it, how he how he rallied everyone around him, yeah, the younger players around him, yeah, yeah, it was an absolute joy to behold, and yeah, yeah, you know, again I got laughed off for making a statement a couple of years ago. Um, with a lot you get of, laughed at quite a lot, did well, you? <laughs> one, of, one of your friends from the uh, from the Solly Peter Jones, yeah. he said he'd be one of Liverpool's most uh, best players for longevity, and he'll turn out to be one of Liverpool's most important players. Yeah, and I'll and I think he has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, even he, his part in the first goal, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that ball, that ball yeah. to him, yeah. man, he was fantastic. Wasn't it, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what they do because obviously his contract's up in the summer. Yeah, I mean, it to me, he's thirty-three. He's thirty-three. I mean. The midfield, the midfield, obviously, is the one area of the team which sort of gets the most scrutiny. I think at Liverpool, isn't it? You know, because mm. I don't think people really understand the level of fitness and I suppose tactical appreciation that the midfield have got to put into it to fill the gaps for all the other players to get forwards. You know, yeah. um, and he plays a major role in that. I think. I think when when James Milner plays, Andy Robertson plays better mm. because he knows he's got Van Dijk inside him and he's got Milner who's going to. You know, create that space and, and equally fill fill the hole mm. when he does bomb forward. So, for me, I mean, I, I, yeah, I know Jurgen Klopp absolutely loves him. It does strike me as odd that the club haven't made any approach to him yet, mm. whether or not they see something else. But I, 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 I agree with John. Everything, all the players love him. Yeah, they respect him. You know, he's played a key role in Liverpool's emergence. He doesn't look like he's slowing up to me. Yeah. It's whether he's going to accept possibly yeah. fewer games, well, and maybe he might want to go back to Leeds. He is one. He is one of the fittest players at the club, if not the fittest player at the club. But that can sometimes get lost in. Mm. You need the charm. So as long as you can go, you can. As you get older, you lose a little bit of charm. So I think you know, best one in the world. He has lost a bit of that, but he more than makes up with it with his endeavour. And I think the one thing you can always by Liverpool fans, not that you need to buy Liverpool fans' affection, but one thing that certainly does is work rate and endeavour and effort and commitment. Yeah. I think when you see that with him yeah. and, and Henderson, you can forgive them making making bad passes, yeah, giving yeah. the ball away, because you know that it means a lot to them, and and they they'll never ever stop trying. And I was at the well, all the Champions League final, that um, so high up I was in the stands. And appreciating how hard uh, Jordan Anderson worked from inside to out in that game, yeah, and he does that on a regular basis for Liverpool. You know, when he's doing that like forty games yeah. a season. So, do you think that's something the fans don't appreciate? Well, I think they do, but I, I think a lot of the they're um, waiting for that misplaced pass. Yeah, <laughs> but I think a lot of the 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 so-called football pundits or experts certainly miss it because without that. It doesn't allow you from you can't to flourish. Yeah, you, know? you can't function yeah. as a team. Yeah. No, yeah. We'd all like a, a playmaker. We'd all like a De Bruyne. But, you know, we, we would miss having that. And mm. a classic example was the Wolves game last year when, you know, him and, him and Milner changed the game, didn't they? You know, that effort that they put in was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you get a sense, John, after, um, after Madrid lifting the first trophy that anything is possible, you're saying... Oh, I think Start this, of a dynasty. I, I mean, I, I, I certainly think this is very, very possible, and I think alongside Manchester City, because I think they're a fantastic team as well. I think yeah. that both yeah. teams could pull away, and I, I just find it hard to see how 
Other teams are going to bridge the gap. Yeah. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. We've got the international break, but how, how do you think Liverpool approached the uh, game at Old Trafford? That's our next game because last season we, you know, there was a few injuries to, all, to, to United in the first half. And he said Klopp said that disrupted the game. Really, is yeah, how do you think we'll approach? Well, I hope we can Sunday like we did last year because I think we thought we Go had for the space, and, and we, we 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 went out saying, well, if we win, it's a bonus, but let's let's keep what we've got, which was a point. Yeah. And I don't think this Liverpool team should play like that or, no. or really can play like that. So well, we equal the record, City's record, 18 consecutive wins if we beat United, don't we? Do mm. you think that's added pressure or do you think it's like something, <laughs> let's go for this now? I mean, obviously you're naturally going to compare it to last season, aren't you? I think everybody will be, I'll be to the discussion before the game or well, last season it was where Liverpool tripped up or whatever. Yeah. I get that, but like... I think the I remember after the game last season, Andy Robertson was in the in the mix zone and he, he was he was really frustrated that day. Like he was very critical, you know, with the team. So we just gotta believe in ourselves more. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like that he'd set out to yeah. do, to play like that. It felt said, like that though, didn't it? It felt like that, yeah. It yeah, did feel yeah. I, I I must say when I was in the ground on that day, it felt like Liverpool were being a bit too cautious, paying United too much respect because of the run that they were on. But he he, he just said it the the impression that I got from him was that it was just a bad performance and Obviously, that the four injuries to you know across two teams in in the first half, I think, did did impact on the flow yeah, of the game. Yeah. You know, it's I can't remember the game where they've had four well, injuries, yeah. you know, and four substitutions well, in that way. But I, I just think Liverpool. Now I was looking at like where the players are going over the international break, and I was a bit concerned because obviously Liverpool always well, let's have it right. They play well, you know, when when they've had a week to prepare for games like well. Cop. You know, puts a lot into the preparation. Um, I was a bit concerned. Oh, you know, they're going to be getting back at different times. But as far as it, I think, pretty much all the players are going to be back by next Sunday. Yeah. You know, for for Monday, so they've got a, a full week more or less. All the mm. key players, apart from maybe one of the England, couple of the England ones. But so that for me is a big thing. That mm. I, I just think. And you know, the, the, the difference for me, um, and last year, like it was a stale game. One, it was a, it was a terrible game. Yeah. And the difference for me this year is, I mean, you just go to more games than me. Can you remember a game this season when Liverpool haven't created six glorious chances? Because I no, can't. No, no. You know, so every game we're making six great chances. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, quite a little fear, though. Is the little fear that, like, this is the worst United team I've seen since probably the 70s, you know? Uh, United always used to raise the game in the 70s and 80s against Liverpool. This will be. It will be. I know it's not it, a. It's not a cliche. It'll be a massive game for them. Stopping Liverpool, equaling City's eighteen consecutive wins, only. Yeah, but they, they will raise the game. But you're raising the game against a different beast. You're raising the game against a team who creates six glorious chances a yeah. game. Yeah. And Manchester United's defence. You know, you wouldn't say they were the Italian esque, would you? So, <laughs> you know, I, I think we've just got to go and do what we've been doing. Yeah. They're going to use the hype of the game to, to raise their game because they have to. Yeah, yeah. They cannot afford to get beat by us. Um, you know, for the manager's future, for the for the long term, for the club this season. But we don't have to look at it like that. We haven't got to think, oh, it's Man United. What are we going to do? We should just think it's another game for us. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I always think at Old Trafford's whenever we go there, you know, the United fans will be, you know, resistant. I think, you know, that they... You know, they, they won't be... I remember when Liverpool beat them there 3-0 and Liverpool absolutely could have scored about eight that day. Yeah. The guy had an absolutely amazing game. And their fans, 
didn't want to give the impression, you know, that this was getting to them almost. It was like a party atmosphere in Old Trafford. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. So I just think Liverpool have got to start fast against them. And if, mm. if they could take the lead, that, that'll be difficult for them. Then if they yeah. get any encouragements, you know, any little... Any little moment they'll be taking, yeah. trying to take encouragement from because that's how low they are at the moment. You know, mm. any little if the if first half an hour, if it's nil nil, they're going to be made up and take encouragement from that. So yeah. I do think it's one of those games. Isn't it great to say this is United's cup final? It is. What a great thing to it say. It is. It's unbelievable, isn't it? You know, but yeah. I've never seen a United team like this. They just in my lifetime. In my, I mean, in my, you know, my, my, I suppose my memory stretches back, uh, you know, to the early nineties, really. And yeah. I've never seen them in this way before, and it's a long way back for them as well. Yeah, yeah, they haven't yeah. won the league for what six, seven years now. Mm. Well, it's going to be seven years because they're not going to win it this season. That suddenly becomes ten. Mm. Ten suddenly, you know, it goes. Well, quickly, we've been there. Yeah. Liverpool have been. Yeah, there. they're in exactly the same position we were, yeah. wasn't yeah. it, in the mid nineties? If, you, if yeah. you think like what it was like between nineteen ninety and nineteen ninety seven, that felt like an eternity, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, one of the problems you get is that. You you start getting mismanaged from the top, so it, it's irrelevant then what the yeah. what the coaching what the staff does or what yeah, what yeah. the actual manager does. The mismanagement starts higher than that, yeah. and that's very difficult to arrest. Mm. Very very difficult. As Liverpool found that out, you know, with, yeah. with the various owners over. It brings us on nicely to like the fact that Klopp's been in charge for four years. Um, the Liverpool Echo put his his uh, press conference up recently. Uh, his original press conference from four years ago and he was saying he wanted to turn people from doubters to believers and uh, he's exceeded all expectations really, hasn't he? I mean, we were all excited when he came but it's been a slow progress really over the years, hasn't it? But no one they could have envisaged, you know, 17 straight wins. I mean, we've never achieved that, have we? I mean, John, I mean, what are you? What do you think of Klopp's um, progress so far, you know? No, absolutely brilliant. I must admit, like in his first season, I thought, I wondered, I wondered if he could get to grips with um, Bad the Premier players. League. <laughs> you know, and well, the Premier League in a way, because I remember like that Watford game where he just bullied us and beat us three 0 You know, and we seem to be getting beat by teams like that away from home too too often. You know, um, but but yeah, now absolutely brilliant. I think for me, the biggest thing that he's that, that he's managed to achieve he's, he's just brought this unity to, yeah, to the yeah, club yeah, where yeah. everyone from 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 the owners right down to, to, to us the, the fans yeah. everyone is together and mm. working for, for, for the same goal and um, and believing that we're, like, like we mentioned before that when, when the, you know Salzburg had come back to 3-3 that we could still win the game yeah. when Leicester scored with time score, well we can still well, win the it game It was significant when he got um, the FIFA's you know coach of the Coach of the year, best coach in the world, basically. He made a speech, didn't he? Praising everyone else. Mm. It was pure Shankly esque, that wasn't it? Well, in many respects, wasn't it? The one, so, the one thing that I think about him is, you know, watching him and then obviously, you know, watching the team. You know, is his conviction. You know, when he says something, he believes it, and that means the players believe in it. Yeah. And now the fans are believing it. You know, it goes back to what you were saying, and this ties into, you know, you believe in Liverpool now. You don't. It goes back to what I was saying before about the fatalism. That's gone. That it does feel like that's gone. I wonder how much it would take to bring it back, but I do think that there's that belief in Liverpool now that you know the the the, the number of incredible victories they've had over the last few years. You know, you think about the first season against Dortmund; that mm. that was insane, Massive, really. Yeah. Barcelona. I mean, for me, still haven't spoken enough about that Barcelona victory because of 
the Premier League, you know, yeah. title was on the line the, the following a couple of days later. You know, that for me was people might disagree, but so one of the I, I thought it was one of the greatest Liverpool performances I've ever seen. You know, like in terms of that night that the, the team absolutely blowing them away, fans being right on it, you know, yeah. everything. Like, and I don't know whether it gets any better than that. To beat Barcelona 4 0, 3 0 down with mm. half a team yeah. and to play that well, it wasn't down. To, I don't, you couldn't say Liverpool were fortunate on that night. They just deserved to win 4 0. Yeah. It could have been more. So, moments like that, you know, sort of, you know, he, he's brought back the fun of and the pleasure of going to watch Liverpool again. Yeah. Like, you get you on your off your feet, you know what I mean? It's, a, it, it's the most exciting team that I've seen play, but it's also the most aggressive team that I've seen play. It's got like the characteristics of, you know, the stubbornness, it's developing that level of stubbornness that Rafa's mm. teams had, yeah, yeah. you know, almost the sort of tactical, sort of the systematic way that Julio's team had, you know, mm. where they were just like machine-like at times. And they've the got the flair of Roy Evans, you know, at times. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, it's got all those things rolled he, into one. He's always emphasising the backroom staff, isn't he? Yeah. You know, so it's like, in it's many him, ways. No, it is him without, like he, yeah. I, I do wonder what happens when he leaves, What you know, because eventually he will. Like that, the proof will be in the pudding about. Why are you putting us on a down? Sorry, like this so, let's go back. Let's wind it back. Let's wind it back. But I think you know. I think, I think <laughs> you you just made one word there before. But I think this is he's shankly reincarnated. Let's get it straight. You know, he's transcending football now. So it's yeah. not really about football now. It's about connecting yeah. the fans with, yeah. with the club and not really what goes on the pitch. And that. That's, I mean, what John? What did you bonus. think? Did you see his speech at FIFA where he said there? Uh, uh, who doesn't love it? Liverpool, he yeah. meant. Uh, has no heart. I mean, yeah. <laughs> see well, people in the audience. And Evertonians fuming. It was just, he, it was brilliant, wasn't he's it? He's got this unbridled enthusiasm that, you know, it possibly helps because he's a foreigner. And I, I, I say that in the greatest of respects because, you know, some of the antics he, he's done, if I was to do that on a touchline, I'd be deemed a madman. So, you know, <laughs> um, I, yeah. I haven't got his statute either, but. Uh, you know, we've had some great managers in the past, mm. you know, and... He's got to be up there uh, already, hasn't well, he? Well, yeah, of course. You know, and he's only won one trophy. But, mm. you know, we've we've had some great managers in the past and possibly some of them haven't had the credit he deserved. Um, you know, and Bill Shankly didn't win as much as Bob Paisley did, yet but Bill Shankly has always felt more warmly by the Liverpool fans because they think he was the one who... Who turned it all around? Yeah. He started it. Yeah, he started it. Well, yeah. we've been in the wilderness for 30 years. Is this fellow the one who started yeah, again? So yeah. Th- yeah. that's why I say he's like Shankly reincarnated. Yeah. He's, he's starting a project yeah. again, or he's starting have a you movement, looked, a yeah. movement, you could say. If you look at the stats on his his win rate in the league, he's the best manager apart in the modern era that we've ever had. He's on 61.84% win rate. Uh, Daglish was just over 57 and Paisley's just over 56. Yeah, that's in the league. I, I, but, but stats can like to a certain extent because the the gulf now between the between the the haves and the have-nots in yeah, the Premier well, League. Those stats are remarkable, John, because in his first season he didn't do that well no, in the I, league. I, pre- I, I appreciate that, but it's not it's not difficult now in the Premiership if you're in one of the top four sides to have a good win ratio because... So that's a Roy Hodgson when he was at Liverpool. Well... <laughs> I'm saying now, and look who yeah. winning the top four spenders. Then, um, you know, people talk about Nigel Ben knocking over uh, inferior opponents, and to a certain extent, you do get that. In the, whereas he didn't in the seventies and the eighties. There was all lots and lots of good teams in there, mm. 
mm. in the league or certainly teams who were more more than capable of beating you on any given day. And I think now, now that presents its own problems because you're now going to places that you're going to, you know, you, you're going to places where you say, well, that's an acceptable away draw, Southampton away. You know, you take a point there, now, a point's failure. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. that's how tight the race that's has so become bad, yeah. now and that's how cutthroat it's become. Yeah. A point now, anywhere, is failure. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. that's, that adds its own problems. It's own um, pressures as well, isn't it? And so he, he's got to be applauded. He's got to be applauded for for just changing the ethos of Liverpool football club, yeah. in my opinion. He's yeah. changed us. He's changed into winners, really. Yeah. What was your, um, John, have you got a favourite moment in the last four years? It doesn't have to be particularly a game, but a favourite clock moment in terms of, you know. Um, I do like it when he tells the moan, uh, the, the moan stand, the main stand <laughs> to stop moaning because he's brought them around, which took some doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Simon, I, I just think back to that first day when he walked in. Really, I mean, it, it still feels quite. That's obviously four years ago. It feels yeah. fresh in my memory. There was just something about him when he walked in. I just remember thinking he's a bit different, Tim. Yeah, you know what I mean. I know, obviously, there was a lot of hype around him. You have an aura. He had that aura about yeah. him. He's got that. Every time, obviously, like you know, I I I speak to him after the game. You know, in the, in, in the in the press scrum. And just something about him, like he's just he's sort of a bit like Van Dyke's the same. He, he's got that sort of presence about him that he sort of hangs over you. Like he, he's not really tried to ingratiate himself into the the, the media pack, if you like, like yeah. other managers as. And I think that's a strength that because yeah, he, um, there's just something really impressive about him. It goes back to that word again, conviction. Yeah, there's yeah. something about him when he says it. And he'll entertain a bit of a to and fro as well. You know, if, you know, if you try and you know argue your point with him. But he totally believes mm. in in what he's saying, um, you know. I, I just think there's he's a unique manager. I I yeah. don't think that there's nobody like him in world football at moments, and I, I do think that a lot of that comes down to his experience of playing as well. I think, you know, he's he's obviously sort of. I suppose that's where the, the comparison could be made with Shankly. He obviously loved playing football. Probably never quite reached the heights that he wanted to as a mm. player, and that drives him on constantly. Drives him on. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and. I, I just say that first day. I remember him walking in and just thinking, yeah. you know, he's got that sort of star quality, but a bit, you know, the humility with him yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and from that moment onwards, I mean, I know John's the first season. There was a, it took him a little while to sort of get 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 the th get everything together. But, yeah. still, but got, got to they got to two finals, finals yeah, that year. Yeah, with yeah. Liverpool were on the floor when he took John, over. Your favorite, my, my favorite moments. It can only be the um, the Everton game that Origi uh, lost. Kick it yeah. that's, that's a touch of the game. <laughs> when he ran on and, the pitch, well, me. I've been, uh, I've been in exactly the same <laughs> position. And you you have this 30 seconds of madness where you don't know where you are. You lose it completely and you you stop becoming the football manager. Yeah. You, stop, you stop becoming the manager of the club and you are a lunatic fan. <laughs> You're a fan. No matter what way yeah. you dress it up, you stop. But at 30 seconds, there's like a a blink that goes into or something goes into your mind yeah. and we had it when we beat Luton you know to go top of the league and that's only league two but it was Atkins and Stanley and we've scored the last minute Billy Key and I don't know where I am but I'm in the centre circle and I'm on top <laughs> of the centre half and I don't know what's happened I don't know why it's happened get sent to the stands for no no they, 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 were, they, were, they were good at me but yeah. a bit like they were good with, with Jürgen but for that 30 seconds you don't you don't set out to do it mm. you don't say right, I'm going to run on the pitch Something just takes over you. It's like yeah, a spirit yeah. takes over you. Yeah. And one of the fans goes into your body. 
and you become a fan. And that moment, it's pure joy. Yeah. And when you come back, you feel a bit sheepish. And I'm sure he did. When he yeah. come back, he felt a bit sheepish. But for them 30 seconds, you can't describe that joy. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't describe it to anybody. You couldn't bottle it. And so, and to see him do that, yeah. And uh, and the, the thrill it gave me as yeah, well. Yeah. You know, being a fan myself, yeah. I don't think that could ever be beaten. Yeah. I mean, for me, it would be um, after the Champions League when he goes around hugging people for six to nine minutes or whatever, and he just hugs everyone. And it, it was it was captured on uh, I think it was LFC TV showed it. And it's just absolutely brilliant because it just goes around everyone. And it's just sure, it's just pure natural enthusiasm and mm. like the elation and that. But um, when he, his first game, can you remember that, John? I mean, when he first arrived, I mean, it was a mountain to climb, wasn't it? You can't really remember. It's Tottenham away, wasn't it? To, to Madrid against Tottenham. So there's a, a four-year period there, a little mm. bit less than four years, but... Can you remember his first team? I can remember the team. Um, um, it might surprise you. Mignolet and goal. Can you, you can't name the team, surely. Patsy Klein, right back. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mourinho, left back. Yeah. Sacco, who I liked. I liked Sacco. Um, yeah, yeah. And Yeah, I think he played five across the middle. He played Milner. Played Coutinho on the left. Can Luke, someone check this out? Lucas and Chan in the middle with Lalana just behind uh, Arigi. A Rigi up front, yeah. yeah, the, yeah the subs yeah. will blow your mind. You don't know the, the subs. The subs will There's will no blow way you know the subs. Well, Adam Bogdan was in goal. <laughs> no. We had did he ever play for Liverpool, by the way? Yeah. Did he have a game? I think he played in that Watford game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he played we a couple of games. We Joe Allen. Um, Tex No. Um, Jordan Ibe. Your favourite player? Yeah, well, some might say. Connor Randall, who... Um, Who's playing his trade now in the Bulgarian second? How can you read your own writing there, John? I'm not reading my own writing, but <laughs> Jerome Sinclair, um, who went to Watford and he's now with. He's in Holland now. He's with yeah. Yeah, a, a foreign club. And uh, that wonderful, wonderful man, Colo Sorry. All right. So you must be doing a quiz. This, this must be a quiz question. No, no, I, we were speaking about it a couple of weeks ago. And, um, yeah. And then it comes to the forefront, you know, with it's four years and that. Yeah, that team's um, not winning anything, is it? It's no. not winning five consecutive games, is it? You know, no, as my dad would say, you wouldn't have put them in a Yankee bet. So, <laughs> um, but there's some still good players, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah some yeah. players who were still, you know, doing well for for Liverpool, but but it's a mishmash, it, isn't it? But it shows you that if you've got to do an overall, and he's done it. Um, and he's certainly improved the team, hasn't yeah, he? You know, you, yeah, can't, yeah. you can't argue with that. I, I always yeah. remember the, the the day before that game, we were at Melwood and um, he, he had a strike a striker crisis because Ben Teke was out. Danny, Danny Ings did his knee in uh, the day before the game. And uh, everyone was like, what, what are you going to do sort of thing? Because Origi had had a nightmare start mm-hmm. and he didn't look up to it at all, did he? And I just remember, I don't think James, James Pearce will mind me saying, but I remember James saying... You know, what are you going to do, sort of? And he, he was like, I remember he sort of hung over James, like quite intimidating. He said, and he rolled his tongue. I remember him saying, "You are forgetting Origi, like this. You are for, like, like, like he he knew that Origi would sort of come good, you know, for him because mm. he'd. I think he tried to sign him for for Borussia Dortmund's, and I think that 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 you is. You forget he's been there that long yeah, over the yeah, yeah. well, I, I think his story says a lot about Klopp because. You know, there's been a couple of, you know, obviously he obviously nearly could have left the club. He did leave mm. the club on loan and he he offers chances to players. He keeps on opening the door to players. And I think, mm. he, you know, like in, 
last season, people kept on saying, well, why is Origi playing instead of Shaqiri? Well, it was all down to the way he was training. He's, Klopp yeah. was like, he's training so well, I can't ignore him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I'll I think that's what, a good... I'll tell you what, that's, that's been notable this year. Though. He looks like he's got a yard of pace more, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's always been yeah. quite quick, but he, yeah. he seems really quick now, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's been a remarkable four years, I think, even so far, you know, and I think, you know, great things to come. Hopefully, you know, this run continues. Um, but we're going to go away now from the football for, for a minute, like, because, Sam, you've got a book out. Now, all your other books have been, your first one was Secretary of Liverpool Scouts, but Jeff Swensyman. And then you've had a series of books concentrating on Liverpool. But uh, this last, this most recent one is called There She Goes. What? Why? It's not about football, which has surprised a lot of people. What, you know, what was the reason behind that? Well, over the last sort of few years, you know, well, since I started writing at the Independence, really, I mean, my, my my remit there was was to to try and get stuff that other people weren't writing about. So that that left an opportunity to write about stuff that wasn't necessarily related, always related to football. You know, more social side of yeah. how that in, that that links to football, and you know, I've developed sort of a, an interest in writing about that. Um, you know, and there is there is a bit of football in there because it's 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 there she goes. You know, the, the long decade um, between nineteen seventy nine and nineteen ninety three. So yeah. obviously, you can't write about Liverpool in that period without writing about football. But yeah. it's it's obviously much broader than that. And it's just it's it's something that I, I I sort of I enjoy writing about. But equally, I felt like the story needed telling in its entirety because there's lots of books that have been written about different moments in those that period of time without necessarily linking it all together because they're all sort of partly a, a consequence of each other, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a modern social history of, of Liverpool as a city, which I hope, you know, particularly for younger people, I think, you know, particularly around this time where, you know, the, the, the sort of the rise and sense of, um, you know, Scouts Not English uh, has, has really accelerated over the last few years. I think it probably needs explaining why why that is. And I think there's a lot of things that happens in this, this period of time where people of my age have sort of li- lived in the with the consequences of that yeah. that period. Like people say, well, the nineteen eighties. Well, you know, the nineteen eighties didn't finish in nineteen eighty nine. It sort of carries on really because of all the policies that were imposed upon not only the country but certainly in Liverpool. Yeah, and that the feeling of why Liverpool feels about the way it does itself, uh, and the why why people feel the way they do about mm-hmm. Liverpool. So, I've tried to explain all of that in the book. Um, so yeah, it's it it is a departure from football, but I've yeah. I've got to say I've I've really enjoyed doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's got um, on the inside cover: Toxeth, Tories, Militants, Music, Heroin, <laughs> Heisel, Hillsborough, and James Bulger. Yeah. So they're the they're the key chapters. It's, it's yeah. there's some heavy subjects in there, you know. It's it's I wouldn't say it's necessarily a light read, you know. It's no. um and I, I, I've I've finished in 1993 because I think it is sort of a turning point for Liverpool. Um, you know, because in that period of time, I think a fortnight after the murder of James Bulger, um, the EU committed, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds towards Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, maybe not hundreds of millions, millions of pounds towards Liverpool's regeneration. Um, when it was compared by the EU at that time to, you know, the, the sort of the most impoverished parts of Eastern Europe and yeah. Southern Italy. So it shows yeah, yeah. you just what a position Liverpool was in, you know, within the context of Europe. Um and it's sort of gradually from that point onwards, Liverpool. I wouldn't say it's recovered, but it's you know the the the, the sort of and the social condition and this you know those problems are returning certainly after the last ten years where history is sort of repeating itself yeah. to some extent. Yeah. But 
you know, well, I think it's a, it, the period defines, as I see it, sort of Liverpool's modern identity because right. before 79, um, you know, the the, the, the city, you, you wouldn't say that Liverpool was a Labour city before that time. I think now I'd be very, well, I don't think the Tories have got to, ever going to find a way back, you know, no. so it is it is a defining period in the, yeah, in, yeah. In the city's yeah. history. You've got a Q&A in Waterstones? Yeah, next uh, next Wednesday, I think it's a half. Oh, Tuesday. It's, you're confusing me, we keep on talking about this. Is it Wednesday or Tuesday? 15th next of, Tuesday, next 15th Tuesday. 15th of October, Tuesday, so yeah, what 15th, time is that? It's at 6, 30, 6, 6.30 in 30, Waterstones. And that's yeah. going to be... Totally about there she goes, or will people be able to ask questions about LA, LA, LA? Yeah, of I course. Mean, we've been talking about anything. Was that LA, LA, was only out? I mean, how many books are you getting out a year, Simon? <laughs> I mean, it's, just, yeah. it's like a, a production line. Yeah, it? well, uh, you know, that, that's, that, that was partly because I needed the money, to be honest, you know, at the time. I sort of worked out on a more or less a full time job and had to find ways of. Of um yeah. of, of paying me mortgage, so I was sort of committed to two books at the same time. But um, yeah, th- thankfully I, I can sort of focus on my full time job that I've got at the moment. Yeah. But um, with the, that's with the, with athletic, the athletic, yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. you know is sort of a change in direction in terms of how I work. But uh, you know, I, I still sort of like they're very encouraging of, mm-hmm. of writing about the social issues yeah. around around football. They don't want it to just to be about the matches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have so you give Jurgen Klopp. A- Copy of there she yeah, goes. Yeah, I, I sent a copy of there she goes to to Melwood. I think I'm not he'd sure, be interested. I'm not, he, I'm not sure whether he, he's picked it up yet, but I do plan to ensure that he's got one through his agents at some point. You but know, um, he might, he might should, turn up to the Q&A. I mean, he, he's he's quite he's quite you know honest about his his understanding of Liverpool as a history, a, a, a modern history. I think he was quite shocked by the booing of the national anthem at, at the Community Shields. And, yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, I think he'd be certainly sympathetic towards. Liverpool's place in this period because I think there's a lot of myths about Liverpool I think you know whether it's in Liverpool or outside Liverpool you know the, the full story's never really been told mm. I think before so I hope that well, this a, fills a lot of the gaps Well it's a great insight the very fact you got uh, interviews with uh, Norman Tebbett yeah. uh, Cabinet Minister at the time Michael Heseltine uh, Patrick Minford who was a Thatcher's advisor you got the late Tony Mullane yeah. um, and also Derek Hatton you've got some of the major players and the politics of the situation. I mean, you know. Yeah, well, I, I thought you know I think there's a a lot of books written through the, the the prism of a Liverpool viewpoint. And at the beginning, I spoke to a few people, in, including yourself, and I thought you know, I thought I've got to tell the other side, the the, the, the opposition side of the story, because mm-hmm. that then gives extra weight to why you know why things transpired the way they did. Otherwise, you're not telling the full story. So I've got to admit, it was a bit strange, sort of going into. The homes of people I'm diametrically opposed to in every possible way, and but they opened up and you yeah, know they yeah. sort of, in some ways, hung themselves a little bit with yeah. the stuff by that they said, words, yeah, yeah, by yeah. their own words. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the book opens with that, like, and explains sort of exactly where the the city stood nationally at the beginning of that period and what the what the country faced. And, and equally, what the measures were, which which obviously were contradictory to Liverpool's needs at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, you know, it was, a, it was some pretty dark things going on, which you could compare to to now. I think. Mm. Um, well, the escape in the eighties was the football, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Liverpool dominated? You know, Liverpool yeah. and Everton dominated, didn't he? Yeah. But um, you really f- get get a sense that we're going back to that type of period now, you know. I've, I'm con- obviously concerned. Well, I think everybody's a lot of people are concerned about the way the direction with the way things are going and yeah. the sort of certainly nationally, you know, the, the sort of jingoism and you know, I, I wonder where Liverpool the, Liverpool certainly doesn't feature 
uh, we've seen already, you know, that Liverpool's been cut out of uh, the new railway line that was meant to go from Liverpool, I think, to, to Leeds. Mm. Liverpool's been cut out of that already. You know, the, yeah, yeah. that's just one little thing yeah. that they've done, which might not get the traction in terms of the news and the fury that people, but it's just a reflection of exactly what the government is willing to do for Liverpool. And you look at like sort of the conditions in, in Walton and walking around Liverpool as a city, you know, I walk around Liverpool and the homelessness problem in Liverpool is 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 just as bad, if not worse, than anywhere else in the country. There's a reason for that. You know, mm. it's 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 severely. Well, the very uh, fact we've got food banks at the yeah. grounds, and you know, and, and that originated in Liverpool. Didn't it did, it? yeah. And it show, again, that shows you sort of, I think, the um, yeah. the willingness to help yeah. out in Liverpool. Which so, yeah. So what time is that on Tuesday? Six thirty. Six thirty at Waterstones in Liverpool. One, yeah. So if anyone could, anyone's local can come to that. Uh, Come down to the. It's not a book launch as such. It's just Q and A. It's a Q and A where obviously you'll be firing the questions my way, um, and you know, but we, we can talk about anything you want, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because yeah. as you said, that the football is is linked to it all. Yeah, you know, of the, course, the football yeah, yeah. is crucial to Liverpool's history in this yeah. period, and you know, largely explains. I think why you know there was so much jealousy towards Liverpool at the time because Liverpool and Everton were the two yeah. two best teams in the country. Yeah, yeah. And that was the way Liverpool showed itself as a city mm. through football. John, what have you got at the weekend? Have you weekend? I've got a. Uh, I've got my birthday, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going back to my former club, Rochdale. So. Rochdale, yeah. Yeah. What so. type of Rochdale? You were the manager there I for was a while, the manager, yeah, only for a year, yeah. Yeah, and what type of reception uh, are you expecting there? Well, we played them last year. And we lost. You scouts? <laughs> oh no, not so much that. Depends on what the score is, doesn't it? But yeah. you know, um, the manager now played for me, Brian Barry Murphy, lovely fan. Yeah. Um, a great character and he's played got them playing some decent football so it should be a good game Are you coming to the Q&A at Waterstones? I'd love to but I think, a few I, questions. I think oh, I might not be here I might oh, be right. abroad oh, right. Scouting, Scouting players Scouting yeah. players yeah yeah. Senegal, are you going to? Well, well, you know, you some great them, players in Benidorm. Yeah. You get them, you get them <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. The Bulgarian second division. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've got a Bulgarian goalkeeper who unfortunately isn't getting picked. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a bit of politics going on there. He was he was sub against England in the first game, but he was not getting picked now. And we've got two other players away in international duty, and that third one would have got us the weekend off. So mm. that is a blow. Yeah. So we're all looking forward to. Liverpool's next game at Old Trafford, and hopefully, this unbelievable, this magnificent. Uh, we're running out of superlatives, aren't we? This unbelievable run will will carry on to uh, to eighteen games. Uh, it's just incredible what's happening. You know, it's what a time to be a Liverpoolian. It's just it's just fantastic, isn't it? You know, if you can't enjoy. If the main stand can't enjoy this period, <laughs> you can never enjoy anything, can you? You've been listening to Ali LaRouge. Thanks to my guests, John Nicholson, John Coleman, and Simon Hughes for turning up and also giving us their uh, erudite opinions on uh, Liverpool Football Club and the way of the world. And also to all our listeners from all around the world, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back in a couple of weeks and hopefully we'll have that record still on the cards. Thank you and bye-bye. You've been listening to the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.